She got a thing for Chanel Vintage that dry before she can speak English. Do you love me and love seeking attention? I mean, which one is it? You keep calling me a twin, but twins ain't this different. Hello, hello. Welcome back to another episode of the Get Rich or Get Drunk Trying podcast. It's your girl, Asia Abstin, and we are on episode 26. What's up, friends? I've missed you. I know I always say that because it's always true. How the hell have you been? Um, I'm good. I'm Metro Boomin. Romeo, my Dalmatian, is here keeping me company while I record the show. That was Gold Roses, Rick Ross, and Drizzy Drake with the lick read. Um, and that was from Port of Miami 2, which is super exciting because I'm a Miami girl. So I love Rick Ross. I mean, obviously. Y'all know y'all should know that about me by now. It's so wild that Port of Miami, uh, the original Ross album dropped. 10 years ago like time flies uh I'm a huge music lover I almost was in the music industry well I guess I was for like five minutes um doing PR so I'm a big fan of all music especially when it comes to some Miami shit like Rosé but uh moving on a lot on my mind this week and I want to talk to you guys about family of all things and you know the get rich or get drunk trying show uh I talk about generational wealth a lot because success is so important to me. Prosperity is so important to me. It is a paramount pillar of what I like to talk about on this show and things that I want to teach you guys. But today I want to talk about generational curses. And uh, I don't think that that's something that is spoken about enough and particularly as it pertains to parenting, uh, meaning the lessons that our parents taught us come from somewhere and they're rooted in something and it's not always rooted in the right things, period. And uh, that's a difficult thing to assess and to make note of and to acknowledge, but it doesn't make it any less real. Where did your parents learn the things that they taught you and where did you take those things and make them your own or where did you simply regurgitate that to your own children? So firstly, I'm not a parent. I don't uh, even try to understand the complexities that come with parenting. I haven't done it. I know it's the hardest job on planet earth and I don't want to pretend to know everything or anything about parenting because I'm not one. But what I am is a child and a, a child of my parents. So I have been parented and apparently I'm still being parented and I'm a grown ass woman. So that's what struck this uh, idea for me to talk with you guys, because my parents and your parents in our generation as millennials, they are still old school, old fashioned, uh, don't understand the ways of the new millennium and the new generation, right? But here's the thing. Everybody thinks that. Our parents thought that about their parents and their parents thought about thought that about their parents and so on. And it will always be that way. However, it's extra poignant for our generation because we came about in the information age. We came about when the internet was first brought into popularity, first existed television, really 
catapulted itself and media and information is exchanged at a rate faster than it ever has been in history. So it really is a bit different for us. Um, and you have a supercomputer in your hand every day. Your iPhone is a supercomputer and you can access any piece of information that you want in the world within seconds. No other generation has ever been able to say that or anything even close. So it really is different for us. And the age gap and the information gap between our parents and us is far greater than it has ever been in the history of time. And I say that to say it's extremely important that you are combing through the things that were taught to you by your parents and evaluating what they really mean to you. Is this something that I'm regurgitating because it's been stuffed down my throat and beat into my brain, you know, for 20 plus years? Or is this something that I actually value and actually works for me with all of the new information that has been presented to me in my life as a millennial, as a person that has access to information from all over the world. Those negative habits, those um, weaker standpoints and traditions, are they really right for you? Are they as an individual? On top of that, are these the right things that you want to teach your children, whether you have them or not? For example, spanking. I was spanked. You were spanked. Everybody we knows has been spanked as a child, right? Some people got full on ass whoopings with a switch from the front yard. Some people got, uh, you know, a swat on their butt and sent to timeout. Some people, it, it really ranges and varies uh, between, you know, each individual parent and each individual child. But that physicality, that being taught that um, love hurts, because that's essentially what it is. Because so many parents would literally say to you, you know, this hurts me more than it hurts you type of thing. I know I heard that as a child when I was getting my butt whooped. Like, what do you mean it hurts you more than it hurts? No, that's not right because I'm the one crying. Uh, So that physical touch in a negative way, what lesson does that teach a child? A two-year-old, a six-year-old, a 12-year-old? What lesson does that teach a child? I mean, really step out of it and look at it and and say, this is a person, my mother or my father, who loves me more than anything on the planet. I know that, I believe that, but is also physically harming me. What does that teach a child to accept and understand about love, about familial relationships? Is that something that we want to put onto our children in the future or, or or that you are putting on to your children right now? What lesson is that? And so many of us regurgitate what we were taught uh, brainlessly, honestly, and just you do it because your parents did it and you turned out fine. Is that enough? Is that the best you can do to parent your kid? And again, I'm not a parent, so, you know, take this shit with a grain of salt. But this is something that's on my mind. So, okay, your parents spanked you or or beat you, God forbid. Um, It was abusive. And some people would think that that physical hitting is abusive in any way. 
whether it was a swat on your butt or it was a go get the belt whooping. I, I mean, I don't know. To me, there are degrees and, and there's a spectrum. But either way, how did that negative physical attention from the person that loves you more than anybody else, how does that manifest in us as adults? And these are the questions that we need to ask about our future parenting style or our current parenting style. Or, and where did they learn that from? You know, our parents were born of people that had come through a lot of strife with race in America. And their parents were sharecroppers and their parents were slaves, period. So physicality and abuse and negative physical touch was ingrained in them. That's all they knew. That is literally all they knew. My grandmother is 86. So her parents were sharecroppers, period. And their parents were slaves, the end. So it wasn't that far back and it wasn't that long ago that that physicality and that we're going to use the word abuse for the lack of a better term right now, abuse in parenting was all they knew. For them, parenting was about survival because the tension and the temperature of race in the world was so drastic and and everything that you did as a kid was life and death. As, as a black child, at least. Everything you did as an adolescent and everything you did as an adult could have life and death consequences just because of the color of your skin. So our parents, parents' parents, didn't have the luxury of raising us from a place of rainbows and butterflies and love. They were raising us and their children from a place of survival. So maybe you did have to get, I guess, an ass whooping at the time for something that was small because they wanted to impart in you just how severe something small could really be. Um, and not even just something small, anything. If, if someone else just assumed or thought or wanted to invent that you did something wrong, the consequences can and will be dire. So potentially that's where that negative physical touch comes from and from the fact that that's all they ever had because they weren't able to be parented in the right way. They were just thrown to the wolves because they were slaves and because they were sharecroppers. And then when when they were free, it wasn't like we were equal. It was just free. And no one was allowing us to have the time and the luxury to explore parenting the way we want it to. So we're not that far removed. Those generations are not that far removed. So these are the things that I want us to think about as a collective and as a community that we are going to put into our next generation, which is going to continue to trickle down for years to come. And it's not just physical abuse uh, or or physical negative touch, because I don't want to just keep calling it abuse. But the characteristics of our parents and thinking that a degree is the only way to success, right? That's all they know. 
when they grew up in the 60s and in the 70s, that was it. If you don't get your college education, you are a bum, period. You were going to sleep on the streets and sweep up, um, you know, dirt off the ground, child. That's how drastic they are. That was the only way forward for them because that's what they were taught. And it's not that a college education is is not a valuable thing. It absolutely is and can be and, and probably will be for some time to come. But it's difficult for them to grasp that we have moved forward and a degree from some school is not the only way for us as a collective, as millennials to succeed. We have so many opportunities. People are on YouTube making millions of dollars being silly or reviewing things. People are making millions on Instagram. People are sustaining themselves through avenues like mine, like podcasts and all types of creative outlets that do not require a university degree. And this is unreasonable to generations before us because it just simply didn't exist. And that's all that they know. And you cannot allow your parents' ideas and ideals for you to penetrate your entire life and stop you from becoming who you really want to be. Because you're so scared that it's their way or no way. Because that's not true. Their parents told them the same thing. And some of them went renegade and went rogue and followed their dreams and it worked out. And some of them never did and are shoulda, woulda, coulda, bitter to this day. People, it's not that people don't believe in you. It's that people don't believe in themselves and their own self-doubt will manifest in a way that'll make you feel like you can't do something. When people are saying you can't, it's because they can't. They feel that they can't. That's what they really mean. And it's just important to us to do better, especially now in 2019, where once again, like blackness is is being attacked and femininity is being attacked and individuality is being attacked and just being a woman and being, it's so many attacks on us from every angle. It is imperative that we don't really poison the next generation in that same manner. And for those of us that aren't parents, is this the most relative, um, excuse me, relevant thing to say right this minute? Yes, it still is because those of us that are over 25, let's say, want kids soon, you know, in the next five years, you may be a parent, right? So these are conversations when you're dating that you need to have with a potential partner. Hey, do you believe in spanking kids? Do you believe in in capital punishment for children? Do you believe in uh, talking problems out and, and conflict resolution and um, offering alternatives and X, Y, X, Y, Z? Like, this is why people wind up in custody battles and and just dragging each other through the mud. You didn't even have this conversation. You know, the sex was good and you wound up pregnant and nobody ever discussed how we were going to raise this kid and what religion our kid was going to be and, and conversations. I mean, people change their minds every day, but the basis should be, okay, well, let's go back to what we talked about. Let's, let's, 
rewind time, remember the conversation we had and the morals and the principles that we said that we were going to uphold within our child and let's jump off from there. But you don't even have that baseline, which is ridiculous. So yes, it's still relevant to us. Uh, Not only that, we have siblings We have, uh, we're aunts, we're uncles, those of us that don't have kids. We have friends with kids. So you're going to be around a child. What is your reaction to them? What are you teaching them? And, you know, you might have small interactions, but it still matters because children are sponges. Uh, I was in a situation recently with my cousin's child and she was clowning, period, and I wasn't having it, period. So we were just gonna have a, a, a we were just gonna have an issue because you are not going to be disrespectful to me, period. What your mother allows and your your father allows, that's on them. But you are going to not clown and show your behind in public as long as I'm around. So I had to pull her to the side and she's what three and have a real face-to-face conversation with her. Like, listen. You know, you have to talk to a child from a place of love, however. It wasn't, I'm just going to spank you and and put you in the corner and put you in timeout or we're going to leave. No, 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 no. Let me explain to you what the situation is and we're going to have some conflict resolution and we're going to hug and kiss and we're going to tell you I love you and we're going to sit down and enjoy the rest of our time. Now, is that easy for me to say because I don't have a kid? Of course, but still I am impacting this child because she spends time with me and she's my family. The end. And I want that for other millennials like us. I want us to go into conversations with children, especially children of color, with um, compassion, with love, with uh, knowing that their parents have shortcomings and the world is is sometimes against them and they need those of us who do have the energy to not have kids uh, or rather because we don't have kids. They need us to kind of step up sometimes and fill in the blanks and and be better and do better and show a better example. It's not one upping their parents. It's not about that. It's not going against their parents. It's not about that either. It's about supplementation. You know, like these people are doing enough. It's the hardest job on planet Earth. And in this day and age, you know, so many parents are working multiple jobs and there's not always a two parent household. So the parenting becomes even that much harder because you don't have as much time as you would like to have. So it is up to the rest of us, the community at large to um, embrace children and speak to them in a loving and compassionate way. I mean, I really believe in the whole concept of a village raising a child. You are in the village. Once that child lays eyes on you, you are a part of the village. And then don't ignore a kid or be hateful or terrible to a child. And, you know, in 10 years, when our kids go to school, uh, you don't want your kids playing with those type of kids. Well, Hello, how do you think these type of kids got around? Because some other adult at the time was terrible to them and had no compassion and didn't want to use, you know, issues as a teachable moment. They just disregard them. And when you're older and you're crotchety and you got an attitude about everything, saying how horrible these kids are, what have you done to impact 
children positively that are on their way up in the world? What lessons did you take from your parents who didn't do things the right way and are imparting on the next generation? It's all of our responsibility to do better for the ones behind us. And that's just what it is. And it was just really on my soul to say this to you guys and let you know that you can stop whatever generational curse you want to. It ends with you. If everybody was getting their ass whooped in your family, guess what? Just all you have to say is not my kids, period, not my kids. If you guys never talked and didn't love on each other and didn't have a positive time together and cuddle and kiss and hug and just have conversations, not my kids, not my kids kids, not my family. My family won't know that struggle because I'm deciding that they won't know that struggle. And that's really important and really impactful. And uh, I think that's a good lesson for you guys today. I know it's not what we traditionally talk about on the show, but it was just on my spirit. And I really want to share it with you guys. I'd love to know your thoughts. Um, am I just rambling? Does any of this make sense to anybody? Am I talking to myself? <laughs> Subscribe to the Get Rich or Get Drunk Trying podcast. Email me at asia at getrichorgetdrunktrying.com. Join the conversation. I would really love you guys' feedback. I would love parents' feedback, and I would love feedback from those of us that don't have kids. Like, is this a real thing? Am I the only person that thinks this? Like, Come on now, help me help myself because I could be dead wrong, but I don't know. So holla at me. Like, let's 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 talk this shit out together. Now, moving on to something far more fun than uh, talking about child abuse, basically. Let's have a drink. After that conversation, I need a full-blown cocktail. What do you guys think? Are you in the mood for a cocktail? Perfect. So today, we are going to have a Hennessy French apple. Doesn't that already sound delicious? Like, ugh, perfection. So this one is super easy, and it's really a light drink. Like, you don't have to um, be afraid of this drink just because it's a cognac, just because it's Hennessy. So a Hennessy French apple, super easy. You want to take a half ounce of Hennessy BS, a half ounce of vodka, I like Grey Goose, one ounce of apple cider, and two dashes of Angostura bitters. Add all ingredients to a glass with ice, Stir, top with grated cinnamon and apple slices. Exactly. Come on now. How easy was that? And you can make this at any time. This is a seasonless drink. Apple always tastes good. Cinnamon always tastes good. It makes me kind of get ready for fall. I, maybe because kids went back to school. I don't know. I saw the traffic this morning. That shit was wild. But um, this Hennessy French apple is one that easily pleases, easily impresses. It looks sexy in a short glass. The, the color is kind of like my skin tone, you know, henny. So uh, let's make some henny French apples for our next occasion. Don't you just love the Get Rich cocktail every week? Oh, I do. I might go to happy hour, actually, when I'm done with the show. Anyway, moving on. And last but absolutely never least, I want to leave you with the Get Rich tip of the week and that is emergency funds. I don't know that we've talked about emergency funds yet on the show, but short and simple, an emergency fund is three to six months of all of your expenses saved away liquid, ready for you to 
get to whenever you need. So let's say, for example, with rent, car note, car insurance, phone bill, groceries, lights, cable, whatever, you know, your things are that you need every 30 days. Let's say that that amount is $5,000. Your emergency fund should at minimum have $15,000 cash that you can get to whenever you need. Now, when I say cash, I don't mean money under the mattress. I mean cash as in liquid, not tied up in anything else. It can be, obviously it can be in an account somewhere, but an account that you have a debit card to that you can go run and cash out when the bank opens. Not tied up in an investment, not at your grandmama's baby daddy house, somewhere that you can get to, God forbid, worst comes to worst happens. Now, obviously the bigger emergency fund, the better. If you have a six month emergency fund, yes, that's where you wanna be. A nine month, hell, a year. It depends on your situation, what other goals you have for your finances, what other expenses you have, what other property you own or or business ventures you have. But at minimum, you need to always keep a stash of three months of living expenses stacked away that you can touch at any time. I mean, anything could happen um, where you would be in a position that income is not coming into you and you need to be able to keep yourself afloat in that interim and make sure that you are okay and you are not, you know, sleeping on the street because you didn't have any money saved just for this purpose. Uh, Anyway, that has been episode 26. I love you dearly for listening. I will catch you guys sooner than later on the Get Rich or Get Drunk Trying podcast. Make sure you subscribe so you're always updated on when new episodes drop and follow me on Instagram the Get Rich or Get Drunk Trying podcast. It's your girl, Asia Abstin. I'm Kamikaze Kidding on Instagram, and I will see you next time. Be good.